Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. 30% of the approximately 12,000 children diagnosed with cancer each year may have a genetic cause for their disease. A promising area of research in childhood cancer is genomic medicine, in which the genes of children with certain cancer diagnoses are closely examined. Advances in this field have shown that certain childhood cancers are related to specific genetic variation. My guest today is Dr. Todd Drooley. He's a Washington University pediatric hematologist and oncologist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Drooley. So explain a little bit about the genetics of cancer in children. Does it differ than the genetics like BRCA gene and such that we hear about cancer in adults? Well, thank you for having me, Melanie. And yes, you're absolutely right. The genetics of pediatric cancers are quite different than the genetics of adult cancers. Thankfully, pediatric cancers are rare, but uh, our model of cancer comes from adult research, and it takes many decades for uh, a healthy adult to acquire the genetic damage that will cause a normal cell to become a cancerous cell. And the current sequencing efforts of DNA and RNA have proven that, and you can find abundant acquired genetic mutations in older adults. So why does a young child get cancer if that's how cancer is created through the acquisition of many genetic mutations? These children don't have that many. They might have one or two, but they don't have enough for a normal cell to become a cancerous cell. So then we're starting to look in the genetics that they're born with and how those genetic changes combine and may predispose those children to getting cancer. So they don't cause cancer themselves, but they create a fertile environment if the children do acquire one of these one or two damaging mutations. So why would a pediatrician refer to a specialist for genetic testing? What are some of the reasons for referral? Well, the biggest one that we're seeing right now is a young adult a parent, late 30s, early 40s, who gets diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer, excuse me, maybe a, a, a aunt or an uncle, and then the oncologist for the adult will uh, inquire as to the family history, and frequently there's a grandparent or another relative in the prior generation who also was diagnosed or passed away from cancer early before genetic testing was really uh, the the thing to do. And so in those instances, a genetic test of the, the person who's affected finds a, a concerning genetic change, and then they say, well, we've all got children in this family. What about them? And that's when we get referrals. There's other conditions um, that can uh, be worrisome for an increased risk of cancer, and we like those referrals as well. So explain to us, tell us a little bit about the St. Louis Children's Hospital Cancer Predisposition Program. So we try to uh, provide what I call the hub of the wheel. So a lot of these children, they might have a very well-known cancer predisposition syndrome, such as neurofibromatosis or Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome, uh, or they may not. They may simply just have uh, genetic testing that finds uh, a genetic change that could increase their risk of cancer. But oftentimes, these kids have a variety of medical needs, whether it's through therapy services, um, neurology, GI, you know, many different things. And and sometimes that can be overwhelming to these families. They're trying to coordinate many different appointments with many different therapy services or care providers. And so we want to take that burden off these families and really be their one-stop shop. 
we can help make those referrals to the other providers. We can uh, help, uh, you know, provide testing and and not only track the children ourselves and, and other siblings, but, you know, help with the global care for these families. So speak about your genetic testing that you conduct there and a little bit patient management. So are there certain guidelines for referring cancer patients to genetic testing? Have that changed over the years? Well, the battery of genetic tests that we're able to offer is increasing all the time, and it's really something that um, it, you know, we work hard to keep abreast with, and I think it can be difficult for most general pediatricians to know what the latest recommendations are. Uh, we work hand-in-hand with pediatric geneticists uh, to make sure that we aren't uh, you know, neglecting any potentially important information or other potential causes of genetic differences for these kids. So there's, uh, you know, specific genetic tests if we think we're really, uh, you know, clear on what's going on, or there's much more diverse genetic tests uh, that we can offer to patients and families after they've had appropriate genetic counseling to understand what the implications of that testing could mean, not only for the affected child, but for the entire family, and uh, exactly how the family would uh, use that information to inform uh, care for their uh, extended relatives as well. So if you're introducing surveillance and early intervention, which hopefully would improve survival rates for familial cancers, are the are the relatives involved? Dr. Julie, do you then if a child comes in, if there is something going on hereditary, does the family get involved? Do they get tested too? Uh, absolutely. I think it's critical to make sure that uh, all the s- full siblings in the family are tested. We've gone on to test uh, cousins of some of these children's and found families where, you know, 10 or 12 people are actually affected with the damaging genetic changes and uh, require long-term surveillance, both uh, as adults and as children. So uh, it's really making sure they understand this could affect their entire family. And depending on the age of the affected child, they need to know that information if they're getting close to early adulthood where they may want to start family planning for themselves. What are some of the common diagnoses that you see in the clinic? The most common one that we take care of is Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome or hemihypertrophy. So this is where uh, children are born with part or, or all of half of their body can be enlarged and it can increase the risk of liver or kidney cancer. We uh, have a lot of children on campus that uh, have neurofibromatosis or similar syndromes, um, yeah, but the, the the range of conditions that we're treating always grows. And so, you know, we probably get about 25 different diagnoses that we manage on a frequent basis. And tell us what's the current research look like. Give us a little bit of a blueprint for future research in genetic predisposition for cancer in children. Well, I think. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things is to really be able to predict who's at the most risk and who isn't. Uh, you know, even though we say these children have an increased risk of cancer, you know, the the absolute risk is about five or ten percent. So, you know, at, at as many as nine or or you know, ten children that you see out of you know ten or twenty are only going are are going to actually get a cancer. So. We treat them all the same. We screen them all the same because we don't have a good understanding as to who's at most risk within that group. So the current testing is to try and further refine within known diagnoses uh, 
which children are at the most risk for which types of cancer. But then we're also trying to broaden our uh, criteria for who's at risk. And we've done a lot of research lately showing that there are certain birth defects who, that aren't part of a medical syndrome, but just you know random birth defects that increase the risk of children getting cancer. And that's particularly true for children that are born with birth defects in their uh, central nervous system, their brain, their spinal cord. They are at significantly higher risk for developing brain tumors and spinal cord tumors uh, than children without these uh, birth defects. So that's a group that historically hasn't been uh, longitudinally watched for uh, potential cancers, but we're trying to change that. In summary, Dr. Drooley, tell other pediatricians what you'd like them to know about cancer predisposition in children and when to refer to a specialist. Absolutely. I think... Cancer predisposition in children, we're we're really on the tip of the iceberg. It's much more common than people realize. Uh, As many as one-third of the children that are diagnosed with cancer can be found to have a predisposition. So if there's any concern about a particular uh, constellation of symptoms or or family history, um, other diagnoses within the family or that particular child, uh, you know, we are really keen on providing consultation to see if there's any merits to screening for genetic predispositions to cancer and then following those children and their entire families for the long term. And what can a pediatrician expect from your team after referral insofar as communication with the referring physician and your team approach? Uh, I think we we work very hard to provide direct feedback to the pediatrician uh, because, again, these aren't just single disorders. There's oftentimes several different uh, diagnoses involved. So we work with neurologists, radiologists, gastroenterologists, geneticists. And so we summarize the information from all of these different subspecialists and we provide a note and follow-up documentation directly to the general pediatrician for each child that gets referred with a very uh, precise set of recommendations on the longitudinal screening that uh, this child or this family might need. Whether that is best done by the general pediatrician or with us, it's really, you know, doesn't matter as long as the child's receiving the proper surveillance. Thank you so much for being with us today. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.